0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Next up, breakdown. Skyline sports mt.com Football season is here. Crazy that it's already here, uh, but here we are, and we'll have full coverage for you as we already have all month long, all summer long, really, and now into the football season. We'll be in attendance, live and in person, at both Montana's season opener against Butler, high noon, Washington Grizzly Stadium. As well as Montana State's season opener, 6 p.m. under the Bobcat Stadium lights uh, against Utah Tech. Brooks Nuwana is joining us now uh, on the Big Sky Breakdown. We'll get right to it because uh, as we record here, we have uh, we have a lot of places to be, so uh, we got to get on it. So let's uh, let's talk about just the storylines coming into this year. We'll, we'll start with Montana State, they're the preseason favorites to win the Big Sky, the number three in the country. I find it interesting the way that the narrative has shifted around the program. It was uh, during the Brent Vegan era, it was how do you replace Jeff Cho? And then it was how do you replace Troy Anderson and Daniel Hardy and all these great players? Now it's how do you get over the top? It's interesting how the narrative has changed each year, even though sort of the the foundations of the program are are pretty similar. What do you think of just the, what what to you is the most interesting storyline or or just the sort of most broad narrative for the Bobcats going into the, the season? How do you stay hungry?
2: You know, I, I don't think that, that motivation is an issue, but you're going to get everyone's best shot. It's a classic championship mentality, right? That everyone's, you're everyone's biggest game. If you have a slip up when you're a team that's vying for a national championship and you lose a game and you maybe lose two games, which I'm not predicting that for Montana State on their schedule, everything changes. Your entire year, your entire five year buildup for everything, every moment matters. Um, and it is it is pressure no matter if you want to say it is or not. It's significant pressure for our fan base, for leadership on the team, um, and for depth pieces that have to show up and play. You know, if you start to have some infighting or you're not getting the right playing time and then you get forced into into, into action and, and you have a mistake, this, that, the other thing, you can lose a game on the road um, quickly in, in, in football, let alone college football. So I think dealing with the expectations is, is a huge thing. And all. Oh, everyone talks internally, oh, one play at a time, one day at a time, blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is kind of like getting to be national championship or bust, which we always talk about, Coulter, is what the expectations for both Montana schools should be, is the final four, and you should be playing four natties. And once you get to that game, you know, it's kind of a coin flip with what can happen, who your opponent is, what injuries look like, all that. But I think that that's where the cats are, and I think it's probably the most interesting narrative is to see how do they, as A bunch of really talented players, most of which aren't even seniors yet, who have been leaders on this team for a long time, Um, and and, in Tommy Malat and Sebastian Valdez and all sorts of guys that are kind of really, you know, they plan on taking the next step. How do they deal with those expectations?
1: I think it's so interesting too that they've had these guys that have been so clearly some of their best players for several years. Those guys have also been sort of natural leaders. But they've been young, and now those guys are old. I mean, like you look at their junior class, what a great recruiting class that was. I mean, you're talking about Sebastian Valdez, Brody Grebe, Tommy Malott, Rush Reiner. You're talking about all-American caliber players in a variety of different roles, and now those guys are a little older. So now those guys, I think it just comes more naturally. So those guys learn from some good leaders, some great leaders, some would say. But now it's sort of their team, their program, Is that a benefit for the cats? Do you think just having some of your best players also being older and more able to naturally lead is that better for you as a program as a team?
2: It is if they can handle it. If they can handle it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always nice when a leader comes naturally and it's not they're not really anointed. They just they they evolve and they become a leader without it really being said. And their play on the field matches that, and it kind of you know, it's it's a very beautiful natural transition. When you're just appointed a leader, you're a first-team All-American, you're going to all the conferences, you're on, the, on awards lists, all that stuff, it creates a different level of expectation. So I do think it's obviously better, but I do think that it's all about the makeup of, of, that, of that player and a, of that culture of the team.
1: How about for the Grizz? What do you think is the most interesting or broad storyline for Montana coming into this year?
2: Well, I mean, being ranked like 14th, 15th, 16th, you know, depending on the poll, is 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 what we consider middle of the road, right? I mean, that's, yeah. in the FCS, there's there's some real good teams. The top 30 teams are are good, but you know, the Montana needs to be elite and playing with that little chip on their shoulder may give them a little juice. I think that, you know, how how much urgency do they have in September? I think that's everything. I think that is the key to. What kind of buildup are they going to have? The last couple of seasons we've seen Montana come out with their hair on fire and then fade in November, lose to the Cats several times went on a three game losing streak last year to skid into the playoffs. Sure. They made the quarterfinals, but you're just skidding around, you know um, what does September look like? Because right now it sounds like, Hmm, we don't even know who our quarterback is. We're going to feel this thing out. We're right. playing for November. It's like, that's not what they said playing for November, but that's what it feels like. And, sure. and in my opinion, if you're the 14 15 team in the country, you've got to make some noise. So I'm really interested to see the first three weeks of the season, uh, what they put on the field.
1: Well, let's break down this Grizz quarterback thing for a minute. Sam Vidlak comes in as a transfer from Boise State by way of Oregon State. Uh, he's a highly regarded guy out of high school, originally committed to the Grizz out of high school. He's, he hasn't played in a college game, though, not, not substantial time or minutes in, in a college game. Clifton McDowell's made multiple stops between Louisiana and a junior college and Central Arkansas. He played a little bit in games, but he's never played in a game at Montana. And then you got Chris Brown, who the last couple times he's played in games hasn't been good at Montana. So, so part of me thinks that they just want this quarterback competition to play out for the next couple weeks to see who does the best in games. And I do think they have a schedule where – you can do that. You got Butler who's a non-scholarship team coming to town. You got Utah Tech, who's a you know sort of middling FCS. They got a D two team, who's the two time defending national champs at the D two level in Ferris State, but it's still a D two team at home. So on the one hand, I sort of see what they're doing, trying to drive the competition. On the other hand, it's the old notion, the old adage that if you have multiple quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks. Bobby Houck said a lot of teams around college football use multiple quarterbacks. Montana State uses multiple quarterbacks, so he's not wrong. Uh, where are we at, though, sort of with this dichotomy of, of uh, the, the signal color dilemma at Montana?
2: Well, I, I think that I've said it for years that, I mean, I don't. I mean, I guess I won't beat around the bush. She's got to recruit better, right? I mean, like... Right, it, it sure. and, and
1: develop, too. Shouldn't be an issue. Right, and develop, too,
2: right? And develop, sure. I mean, that's a part of it, um, but I, I, I don't think that for... You
1: should have multiple good quarterbacks in your program at all times. You
2: should be losing them left and right because they're transferring because it's such heated competition and there's a guy that's so dominant on top right. that you got to move on. Right, um, That's kind of what is happening right now. You're just not like, getting a whole stable full and, and you know, using relief pitchers here. It's not really how this game works. Um, multiple quarterbacks means multiple styles. You don't play the same style of quarterback, just different ones. Right. I mean, I watched it up close and personal with Andrew Sell and Justin Roper, and that got cut short pretty quick. Same, same guy, kind of guy. Play one of them. Um, <laughs> right. Maybe the Grizz end up doing that, but
1: I think that... Is it different because Vidlak and, and McDowell are different?
2: They are a bit different. Vidlak's not. I mean, he's at, at this level, he's not, uh, he's not a break-the-pocket change everything kind of guy he's athletic but he's, he's not he's, he's, yeah but he's not gonna he's not gonna run for a thousand yards
1: I mean, no no not at all he yeah. can move the pocket he's not gonna break the pocket hardly ever
2: but do they want to move the pocket I, right I, I don't right and maybe in packages with, with mcdowell but i i don't really see that so maybe having you know a little bit of change of pace a more of a running oriented quarterback maybe someone who likes to get into different packages so he can show more offense i i can understand all that stuff but I think the old adage goes: if you don't have, if you have multiple quarterbacks, you have no quarterback.
1: Yeah, right. So uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I can see both sides of the coin. I, I really can.
2: But if you had but a that coin includes Chris Brown. But
1: if you had a dude, if you had a dude that was, you know, indisputably one of the, the three or four best co- quarterbacks in the conference and one of the ten best quarterbacks in America, you wouldn't be considering having multiple quarterbacks. So I, I and think how
2: can't you have one of them?
1: Right, that's right. But what
2: would we say? There's 200 Division One programs, and there's, I mean, there's got to be 500 good quarterbacks. So, you got to have one if there's if you 200 options. You know, yep. Yeah. You have one, and again, when I say that two sides of the coin has Chris Brown involved, I think Chris Brown has, has a tremendous athletic ability. He's got a pretty live arm. I like his demeanor. I think that he actually is a pretty good leader internally. Externally, he hasn't proven that. he's yeah. he's, he's fallen apart in games, and he has played in games. And if he still is one of those sides of the coin. Then and he, that means that he's in equal competition with someone else who's his equal his, his his counterpart there, well, that means that they're in a similar boat too. So if you have a guy that has proven himself to not necessarily take you to the next level, but he's still beating out guys you brought in, um, you know,
1: I think they need to decide that sooner than later. Big Set Breakdown, presented by Blackfoot Communications. To see how Blackfoot Communications can help you and your small business, visit goblackfoot.com. We'll stick on the Grizz here. I think the Grizz well, I don't I, I don't actually think. I know the Grizz are always gonna be good to grade on defense when Bobby Houck's the head coach. Yeah, hundred percent. They they just they know how to develop that side of the ball. Bobby Houck gets such great effort out of his guys. They do it by committee. So many people are empowered. They're just gonna come at you in waves. They're always gonna be competitive. They're always gonna be hard hitting. They're gonna be in better shape than you. They're gonna wear you out. Uh, so I, I think their defense is going to be fine, if not really good. I also think having a change in play color and Ronnie Bradford could be great. It's just a matter of if, if that works out or not. You go from a guy that's never called defense, replacing a guy that called defense for 50 years. That's a pretty huge uh, shift. But you got Tim Houck uh, uh, as a defensive analyst who's, who's really mentoring Ronnie Bradford and, and really trying to help them implement some different stuff when it comes to personnel packages and coverages, which is what they need within the the scope of their sort of chaotic, controlled chaos-style defense. Um, But I do think Montana, in certain ways, actually has a chance to be better defensively this year, even though they lose multiple All-Americans, just because I think that the do-it-by committee and don't have, like, these stars that you rely on, and uh, I think not having Robbie How can just having more flexibility in the secondary, more defined positions for the three safeties. Like, what I saw the, the six times I went to fall camp was more defined responsibilities for the safeties. You don't have this one guy who just runs the alley, and then these other guys that are sort of just floating around. Now Trejon Cotton's like a true nickel. He's like a real, real outside linebacker, Sam linebacker type guy who can cover, and also you know he's he's got his his space that he needs to erase. Garrett Graves could be like a true strong safety, not running the alley, Robbie Hauk style, but more of a true strong safety who can flex into the box, but also playing coverage, and now Nash Fouch can be sort of that center fielder. He's got great coverage ability. Also, can close in on, on ball carriers so fast. Those things, I think, could really help Montana. So when it comes to their their defensive uh, prospects, I think that there's two things that I'm looking at that they have to figure out a way to either mitigate, shore up, or, or maybe have some surprise contributors. They need to have a guy behind Alex Gubner. Because the big man in the middle is one of the best players in the conference, one of the best players in the country, but he can't play 80 snaps a game. He's got to have 25 to 30 quality snaps for someone else behind him. Who is that guy? Is it Noah Cashmitter? Is it Kellen Dietrich? Is it you know, Jared Ramos? There's a bunch of young guys that really haven't played that are going to have to fill big responsibilities there. And then the other spot is corner. Can they cover? Can they cover on the perimeter? Is Trevin Grady ready to be that guy? Is Corbin Walker ready to be that guy? Is Ronald Jackson, the transfer from Akron, ready to be, you know, real deal big sky player? Uh, that to me, I think the Grizz will be great in the center part of their defense. To me, it comes down to the corners and the depth on the interior of the defensive line.
2: I couldn't agree more. And I think Grady a, a huge kind of catalyst for this defense. If he comes along and is ready to play, um, you know, down in, down out on, on at corner, I think that that really would sure up this defense because i I do think that that corbin walker is is a tremendous player i do think he's ready to be that dude kind of that elite number one corner on a on a good defense but i do agree with you colter as far as the, the the prospect of the defense being good for montana is is that they're going to run to the football and they're going to play the run well. They've been a victim to giving up big plays at times in the last year or two. And you talked about kind of some personnel groupings and what they wanted to do with, especially at safety the last couple of years, and, and that they've been vulnerable to that. So I think that if that gets changed and they play kind of a bend, don't break, rally the football, keep everything in front of you, play as a team, I think there'll be lights out on defense, but the depth up front really is is a, a, another huge factor.
1: When it comes to Grizz offense, uh, a, a huge narrative around the offensive line being really good this year, they have to, they have, to have that happen. I, I think that they're close, and I think that I'm leaning towards that they, they will have a good, a good to really good offensive line. They have excellent offensive skill talent all the way around, so then it really comes down to offensively, I think, for the Grizz, the quarterback, right? 100%, but...
2: You can mitigate a quarterback if you can run the football and you can, That's right. and you can use your quick pass game. Get ball, get yeah. skill players, get elite players the ball. Even if it's not in a ton of space, get the ball in their hands, get it out yeah. of the quarterback, get moving. play with some tempo. I think that the quarterback, you can completely not only mitigate, but borderline erase it if you know what you're doing.
1: Yep. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your your business succession and retirement planning needs give nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you uh, let's talk about the cats then what sort of similar uh, things do you see out of montana state in terms of places they need to shore up i think let's just start with the defense They've been suspect. They've had some great individual talents in the defensive secondary the last couple years, but they've been a little bit suspect in the secondary, both in the pass and run games. Brent Vegan has said all fall camp long that he thinks the secondary is going to take a huge jump. If that's true, that's big for the Bobcat defense. I think
2: it's huge. I mean, they they're going to they're likely outside of Simeon Woodard to kind of play you know, three new guys in the secondary. Yep. I think Lavelle Price will also play at nickel. He's, he's right now slotted as the starter. Yeah,
1: but... he, he and Caden Dowell are going to split time at that nickel spot for sure. And Lavelle sure. Price has
2: been there for – this is third season, I believe. A- and, so. and he's
1: been solid, and he could be good if he could stay healthy. Right. Simeon Woodard is, is I think, going to be – his next step is, is a first-team all-league type corner. Definitely. And then the other corner spot is going to be Miles Jackson, Devin Davis, John Johnson, all and, and Andrew been, All Powell, guys bro. that
2: have been there that haven't necessarily played a ton. Yeah, you know, But totally. they've all been there. And then um, at safety – Two new safeties, right? Uh, Rylan Ort is at the strong spot. Right, but they're going to play three. They always do. Yep. And uh, Kendrick Bailey's one of them. Yeah. Then tell me the, how, how you pronounce Drew. Drew Polidore. Polidore. He's a free safety. Who started
1: at corner. Yep.
2: Big, long guy. Competitive as heck. If I remember
1: right, he transferred from Air Force. I, I think that that's one spot they could upgrade in big time. Jeffrey Manning was a great dude and a really charismatic guy who was really well liked by his teammates. He also was really good at one thing that they need the free safety to do, and that's going after the ball. He, he was a very unwilling tackler. Yeah, he kind of limped to the finish line. And, and, yeah. and and you know, they don't need a bunch of tackle production out of that spot, especially when you have Ty Okada and Troy Anderson just, and Callahan O'Reilly cleaning everything up. But I do think that if Polidor's as advertised, and he's got corner cover skills, but he can also be a willing tackler and and help out a little bit in the run fits, they could upgrade at free safety, I think, this he's, year. He's big. He's long, man.
2: He's all of 6'3". I mean, he's tall dude. I'm pretty tall. He's, he's, he's a tall, long dude. Uh, Colter, what I think is the most important part, because I think they have a ton of depth on the defensive line. We could go for days. they got eight, nine guys that they can roll there, including some guys that haven't played a ton, but that have you know good pedigree and yep. I think are obviously on the two deep for a reason. Um, the thing that I have had concerns with, and it always hasn't come to fruition, but deep down, just having watched them practice a ton, and is is both linebacker spots. I think Nolan Askelson and Danny Yu... Both are tremendous football players. I yes. think they're like elite football players. Yep. And they play the run so darn well. I just don't totally trust them in pass coverage the way that I would someone like Callahan O'Reilly, who's underrated in pass coverage. For sure. For all the interceptions he pulled down. And then someone like Troy Anderson. Obviously, we're talking about some big dogs here, right? But, for sure. But I've always seen both those guys playing more in a traditional 4-3 and playing like Will and Sam, not necessarily Mike. And they're playing like two, you know, in the, in
1: the 4-2-5. Two mics, Two Mikes. Right. And it's like they're both... They're
2: both so good. They're both, good dogs, at the, they're both
1: so good at the, the traditional Mike thing of just coming downhill, downhill and smacking you. Right, coming downhill. Great tacklers, both
2: like six foot two, two you know, thirty, 230, six, six, one, like, 230 yeah, just but, right off the conveyor belt. But exactly, but not like monsters in coverage, and not necessarily yeah. like super quick to get the react, and not super long to block up passing lanes. So they gave up kind of chunk plays because of that, and I don't sure. know how they're going to address that with the system. The system works. They put yeah. in a four two five. Why Coulter, for one player. Troy Troy Anderson. Anderson. That's right. You don't have Troy
1: Anderson anymore. I would probably put in another package to at least half. I thought that was the biggest adjustment that the Bobcat defense had to make within the season last year was everybody learned how to play a certain way with their hair on fire and super aggressive because they knew they had a guy that ran a 4-2 to clean up all their mistakes. underrated Callahan O'Reilly. 100%. Callahan O'Reilly is... I don't know how he's somehow underrated. I mean, he's a leading tackler for, for the team for three years in a row. He absolutely bangs, and he's also one of the biggest takeaway machines in the absolutely
2: whole. Absolutely bangs. And if, But if I look at him, Coulter, and I think of a quarterback, I think a lot of other people do too. Yeah,
1: the, uh, the other thing is that uh, internally, they're as high on Makato Riley as anybody. And if he can actually be the real deal, that could be big time for the Bobcat defense. I think the Cats. You're, you're going to need multiple of them. I think the Cats have unbelievable depth on the defensive front. I think they have a whole bunch of options at corner that could be good. And I think if their safeties, especially the free safety, is improved, I think they could be a little bit better defensively. They were only okay defensively last year, though. I think they need to be good defensively to great defensively this year to truly make that next step and actually make a true national championship run.
2: And it's always hard as a defense if your offense is putting up 50 points and you only give up 21 and you win by 30 and you feel like you played really well, but you can't be giving up 21 if you want to be elite.
1: Um Last couple things for you here. Big Sky Breakdown, Skyline Sports, uh, MT.com. I have one question about the Grizz, one question about the Cats. Bobby Houck, this is your 13 and season 12, leading Montana. Never has there been a season in which his team wasn't, you know, with a cliche target on their backs. They got one now. Does that serve Coach Houck well? We don't know, right? It's hard to say. It's really hard to say. There's no sample size for it. He took over a national championship program, went to the national championship three times in seven years, won the Big Sky seven years in a row, and then ever since he's been back, you know, it's been this whole RTD narrative or whatever. But you know, they they were pretty close on in 2019 and 2021. Last year was a regression for sure, uh, but last year they they had the target on their back. They don't have it now, so we'll see if if they can make that an advantage for them as a program. I think that's a big thing for the Grizz. I think that's a good thing for the Grizz. I 100%
2: agree, but you have to create urgency. There yes. has to be an edge. It has to be within special teams. It has to be at all different all phases of the game. There has to be an edge. There's, there has been a bit of, not hesitancy, but it's not that they lack urgency. Is that they're on their heels a little bit at times, and I think that the, everyone can see that, especially offensively. They have to be the the... the, the the conductor they have to attack and if they can create a sense of urgency and they can create competition not only internally but make it every saturday insanely competitive they're going to be a, an insanely tough team to to play against especially at home but that is yet to be seen as you said Colt, they're a team who's on the rise who plays well and in, in 19 plays well in 21 shouldn't have a regression year um, and last year you know november wasn't pretty so how do you create that sense of urgency if they can do so I don't see why the Grizz aren't a top, you know, eight nine team. Uh, and then how
1: about the Cats? I, I think that, the, to me, the sort of intangible narrative around this team is, is twofold. One, ha, the, the true thing is how do you take the next step and actually punch through, get past the Dakota schools, and actually truly make a run in a national championship. Not just get a good draw and get hot in the playoffs like they did a couple years ago. You know, not just. Get to the final four and then hit this brick wall, but you actually have to figure out a way to truly affirm yourself as a true top three team. Two, though, it's all the off-the-field stuff, whether it's the hype, the buzz, the accolades, or the stuff of their coordinators, the DUIs, and the fact that those, both of those uh, pending charges have not been shored up yet. That's going to be in the news. That's going to be, you know, when those guys go to court, whether they're acquitted or convicted, whatever, it's going to be in the news. It's going to be a talking point. Brent Vegan's going to have to talk about it a bunch more this year. How do they mitigate that? So I guess that's the question then to me is how do you sort of handle off the field distractions, whether they're the hype machine or uh, sort of the uh, the potential indiscretions of, of people in your organization?
2: Well, Colter, I mean, this day and age, it's changed a little bit, but you go ahead, and ask, uh, go ahead and ask Urban Meyer how that went at Florida. Go ahead and ask Bobby Houck how that went at Montana. That's right. Uh, when, when you reach a certain level of, of national presence, of national recognition, and you start to get guys um, that are feeling themselves a little bit, it's really hard not to. In fact, in football, it's encouraged. It's encouraged to feel yourself a little bit. It's encouraged to yep. know who you are and to let everyone else feel you. Um but you always got to worry when it comes from leadership, when it comes from adults, when it comes from you know the people who are making the big bucks in the room that are actually getting paid salaries, uh, that work for the state, that work for the community, that work for the fan base. When they can't get get their keep their shit together, uh, it's a concern. It, it, it can definitely be something that um, is a runaway train. And I'm not saying that Montana State is there right now. But uh, ask Mike Kramer about how that went. Yeah, right. Ask Rob Ash about how when you're, when, when you're get a little bit too big in your britches, how that works internally for your culture. Um, it's very, very hard to mitigate once it starts to go. I'm not, again, I'm not saying that that's the case because I think they have tremendous player leaders, player-run program. Um, but those guys have to step up. To say that they can doesn't mean that they will. Um, so we're talking about potential of young people. And the one thing that I always think about, Colton, when you talked about those leaders getting older, you know what's easier to do is to be taking gen eds as a,
1: <laughs> as a redshirt freshman right, right, being a leader. Right,
2: right. Yeah, you start to get into calculus Now, to, now
1: Tommy's, Tommy Watt's probably in like 500 level classes at this yeah, point because he's been in college for four years and he's such a smart dude. You're taking
2: calculus uh, and <laughs> you're, you're game planning for Weber State.
1: Yeah. It gets a little harder. Yeah, totally. It's it's definitely a great point. Big Sky Breakdown. We'll be coming to you once a week with Brooks Nuwana as well. Big Sky Breakdown every single day for the rest of this week and probably every single day uh, throughout the football season. So stay tuned, SkylineSportsMT.com. For Brooks Nuana's. I'm Coulter Nuana's. More with Ty Gregorak
0: right after this. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank. Our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC.
1: Well, time flies when you're having fun. Time flies when you're busy as hell. But uh, we're happy to be back into the throes of football season. Yesterday, I was so proud of myself. I remembered all my cords. I'm finally a real-deal multimedia journalist. I got these microphones and XLR cables and all this stuff. I'm one for one, one press conference day down where I remembered all my stuff. I'm probably jinxing myself by saying this. But uh, we are going to have all sorts of coverage for you, all sorts of commentary for you all season long. I'm happy now to uh, welcome in one of our great friends and one of the best guys around to talk football with, Ty Gregorak. I guess what, season three now contributed uh, here on the Big Sky Breakdown at Skyline Sports. Coach Ty, what's up, man? How was your summer?
0: How you been? Culture life's good, man. Summer was great. Uh, lots of fun stuff to keep us busy. I mean, the, for the four of us are, uh, can be four ships passing in the night at times, but we had a lot of fun. And uh, back to reality. Kids are back in school and gymnastics and flag football and candace will get her stuff rolling with the club Uh, she runs the club volleyball program over here and we get to college football here let's go let's go baby
1: well uh let's you came on last time i was in bozeman on my espn radio show we had a very spirited and uh very broad conversation about sort of the state of affairs Uh, in college football i think we both agree that uh, it's a total mess uh, at the highest level of college football uh, all driven by one sole factor and that's money but in the here and now i know there's a lot of stuff in the near and distant future that's looming for montana montana state and the rest of the big sky conference but for the here and now i think the big sky uh, is in a strong position i don't know where it's going to be in the future but I do think that right now there's six teams in the league that are true playoff contenders. I think the league has a, a pretty pretty good argument to have five probably playoff teams again this year. And I think if the, if the chips fall like I think they're going to, I think you're going to have three or even four teams that get playoff seeds. So the Big Sky is certainly the power conference of the FCS. They just haven't been able to figure out a way to break through and actually win the national championship. But in terms of gobbling up the seeds and home field advantage and all that sort of stuff, the Big Sky is, is – ahead of pretty much everybody else across the country. What do you think of sort of the status of the big sky and the way that it sort of fits into the, the bigger world of college football right now?
0: Well, I think, I think the proof's kind of in the pudding a little culture in that you're seeing, you know, four or five schools get to go uh, every, every year to the playoffs. And I think that, you know, I think the big sky should, I think there's certain conferences that are strong enough uh, year in year out that they deserve to have a handful of, of teams and, you um, I mean, we're going to see, I, I, I don't know which six teams you're talking about, but, but I think that four of the six, we're going to see, you know, Thursday night here in a few, in a few days with Sac State, UC Davis, Idaho, and Weber state all, all starting their season here on Thursday evening. And then, and then the other two, uh, two, two, we'll, we'll say two of three, because you never know. I mean, Eastern, Eastern Washington is starting. Uh, With a tough one uh, in Minneapolis, I I believe it's at U.S. Bank Stadium, which would be awesome against North Dakota State. But you you never know, you know, how Eastern's going to rebound. But then obviously Montana, Montana State get home openers uh, this Saturday at at home. So, yeah, I I, I think it's going to be an awesome season. I'm excited to see the way uh, some schools that that have um, kind of established themselves uh, who have their coaching and coaching staff still in place – And then some of those schools that have made some great runs who are working with a new coach and new staff. So it's going to be an intriguing year, no doubt.
1: I think I I totally agree with what you said. The, The six teams are, I think, pretty cut and dry. I think it's in no particular order, Montana State, Sac State, Montana, Weber State, UC Davis, and Idaho. I think all six of those teams have legitimate playoff hopes. I think that uh, just the way that they perform when they play each other is gonna be such a determining factor. Uh, but I also think that there's this weird thing in the league right now where I think that all six of those teams I just named could could contend with or beat each other. I, I have a hard time believing that the other six teams in the league can beat any of those top six teams and I think there's several teams in the league that're gonna have a hard time beating anybody except each other like the most one of the most intriguing, Conference opening games in a couple weeks from now to me is Northern Colorado Idaho State because I don't know where either of those two teams find another league win unless they beat each other. So I guess my question for you is: is that a good or a bad thing for the league ha- having sort of a, a, a defined top six and a defined bottom six? Like to me, I think it would shock me if any of the t- those other bottom six made the playoffs. I think it'd be totally shocking. Is that good or bad for the league? I
0: think it's I think it's uh, a little bit of both. But find me a league where that's not kind of the the way it is i mean you've got the haves and have nots in almost every league i mean whether it's you know the the defunct pac 12 now and and, and you're talking about the oregon washington uscs and then you know you've got the stanford cows and and well oregon state should make a push i mean john coach Coach smith Jonathan smith and that group have done a great job but i mean even the sec you've got the vanderbilts and you know the mississippi states and you know so I don't know, man. I, 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 agree with you in terms of the bottom six, but that being said, you know, Montana state made another run to, to the semifinals and they were a player too away from, you know, losing a game late in the season at Flagstaff. You know, how how's, is Northern Arizona going to take another step under, under Chris ball? Because they, they've been close, you know, and, and you look at some of those schools, especially You know, the California system schools and a school like Flagstaff, they were really, really affected by COVID and things that they could do and not do. So some of those classes, you know, are, are in my mind, a year behind. And, you know, we talk about these super seniors and these super, super seniors. And, you know, COVID had a crazy effect, especially on the coast. And and our conference is on the West Coast. Uh, You know, it includes the West Coast when you include Portland State in that mix. How are they going to do under another year of Barney ball? And then obviously Eastern Washington up in Washington under, under a guy that's been there forever um, in Aaron best. So no, man, I think, I think it's pretty standard issue uh, in terms, you're going to have elite good average and pretty bad. So, so it's just going to, as always, we're going to see where some of these teams fit here in the next, you know, I mean, there's going to be, I mean, shoot, look at this opening slate, man. I mean, you've got, you know, Northern Arizona playing Arizona, Idaho State, San Diego State is going to be tough. Uh, North Dakota State, uh, you know, in, in Minneapolis against Eastern Washington, NDSU probably is not going anywhere. Uh, Portland State at Oregon, you know. So, I mean, you never, I always think the first, especially for FCS programs, this, the, the first month uh, is going to be tough to tell. I know we're going to get into the Cats, but a game like that week two game. Against South Dakota State, I think is going to kind of kind of show Bobcat Nation, show the state of Montana, show all of FCS football, you know, where 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 MSU is uh, in terms of, you know, what what changes have they made since they 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 took one on the chin, what was it, you know, nine nine months or so ago now, so. Again, it's going to be a it's going to be an awesome season. I know these coaches and, and players are tired of hitting each other and yelling at each other and late nights and early mornings and not time to go hit somebody else.
1: I want to stick on NAU just for a minute, and I know we don't have much intel there. A part a part of that's just because of the way that the media has sort of evolved. There used to be, you know, newspaper. and I mean, there's still a paper in Flagstaff, but it's, there's not nearly the coverage there used to be on NAU. But I, I do find it fascinating because NAU, as you know, Ty, you've been, you coached in the league for 15 years. NAU was sometimes very good, but most of the time pretty good. I mean, they were usually pretty good, and, you know, they're a game or two away from being a playoff team. And when they would win one or two of those sort of 50-50 games, they'd be a playoff team. I think they made the playoffs six times in Coach Sowers. Uh, 22 years at the helm, won the Big Sky, shared the Big Sky title a couple times. Uh, they have been a far cry from that, and, and I think it's been interesting to sort of watch because I think that Chris Ball's a guy that has a ton of respect around the league. Uh, I think coaches around the league think that he's a really good ball coach, but they've had a ton of turnover, and I guess that's all to say that I think this is a big year at NAU. They built a brand-new facility. Uh, they they showed some some early returns of maybe turn in the corner with some great young talent. But then that young talent, like R.J. Martinez, the quarterback, and Kevin Daniels, the running back, those guys left. And I, I do think what you said, part of it's the COVID deal. Uh, but I think it's a big year for NAU. I think they have to be better than they have been. I don't know if they have to make the playoffs, but I think they have to be a 500 or better team uh, for that to continue down there. Uh, so it's interesting. I don't know. It's just interesting to see how what, what NAU has become after they parted ways with Coach Sowers.
0: Yeah, you know, this is, uh, so it's 2023, which means I have been, uh, I've had a relationship with the, with the Big Side Conference now for 20 years, because I, I joined Coach how can his first staff in Missoula in 2003 uh, for, for his first go, and so it's been 20 years where, you know, I, I was only out of the league for, uh, you know, b- basically a season as a coach, and then I've been away from the league uh, for four years now as a, as a coach, but you know, back in it, uh, getting to talk about it every Saturday, at least on conference Saturdays uh, with the broadcast stuff, I've always kind of looked at Northern Arizona as a couple things. One, a sleeping giant. All right. With, with, with the, with the, with the size of the school they have, uh, with the recruiting base that they have close, uh, the school itself is in a gorgeous location. Um, the, the athletic fees that they charge their students. I I just feel like that that's always one that I I just, you you always think they should be, maybe be a little bit better than they are. And then the other, the other adjective I've used to describe them is, is is front runner. And, you know, they just, they've had some great, great athletic teams. A lot of athletes, you know, spread out throughout their team and they they, they would start a season well, but could never finish it. And, And so I think what you were saying is exactly right on coach ball. I mean, he, he is, he has been around the block. He's been at all different levels. Um, he's got a uh, history and relationship with the big sky conference. And I feel like he's a guy that can do it. Um, I really, really loved the Martinez at, at, at quarterback. I mean, Man, I, was I, sweet. I don't think I could, I couldn't have praised him enough in that game. Now. I mean, to, I think Tommy, Tommy made the plays that, that that he needed to at the end. I mean, the the one to Taco Dollar, I I still think maybe was the play of the year in terms sure. of just the the grand the grand scheme of of their season and how it all ended up playing out. I feel like that was one of the plays of the year, if not the plays of the year. But Martinez, God, that kid, you know, he just he, he was a good good player for him. So anyway, yeah, I I I think you know. I think Northern Arizona, you know, depending on how you want to view them and in terms of how we were labeling some of these teams, that's a team that still scares you. And no one likes to go flag. I mean, I, I, you, you say what you want, but I mean, they've got a nice facility up there and you're at over 7,000 feet, man. That takes a toll after a while. It doesn't matter if you're from Bozeman, Montana or Portland, Oregon, you play, you play three, four hours up at that elevation. It takes a toll, man. So yeah, I'm, I'm fired up to see that he's got a great staff. He's a great coach. Can they, can they make that next step in, in, in the 2023 football season? We'll see.
1: Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again.
2: Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana.
1: Plus earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs.
2: Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today.
1: Or visit townpump.com rewards to register and start saving. The other one I want to ask you about, because uh, I, I do think that everybody around the league that analyzes this stuff, we all kind of agree to the six playoff teams or six playoff contenders. But I do think there's a little bit of delineation between who's going to be good. I think everybody believes that the Cats are going to be good. I think there's varying levels of d- belief uh in the Grizz, I actually think the Grizz are going to be better than what, what the prognostication says. Sixth in, in the league in the coaches poll, I think, is is low for Montana. I know they had a lot of issues last year, but I do think they still have a, a better talent than most teams in the conference. And, you know, Bobby Houck, for, for all the disappointments of last year, he's still going to be the winningest coach in the history of the league, and he has won more than 100 games. So I do think Montana is going to be pretty darn good, too. Um, Weber has such a stockpile of talent from from Jay Hill moving on. But I do think there's varying levels of belief in, in Weber. People like UC Davis because they got Miles Hastings coming back, who was the first team all conference quarterback. Idaho's got all the hype in the world right now. They got Hayden Hatton, the Player of the Year in the league, and they got the returning Freshman of the Year, Javonni McCoy. But I think the team that everybody's sleeping on, and I know you kind of agree on this, I know you, you keep up with uh, the new head coach there, because uh, for a lot of different reasons. But I think Sac State's gonna be better than what most people think. I think they've done a great job recruiting. I think they got a ton of talent on that roster and I think that there's a lot of questions if Andy Thompson can do it like Troy Taylor did it. I don't think Andy Thompson's going to try to do it like Troy Taylor did it. I think Andy Thompson's going to do it like Andy Thompson does it, and I think that's going to be pretty good because I think uh, Coach Thompson's a great coach. I think he's been waiting his turn, and I think he's got a lot of great philosophies that he's going to be able to employ there. So uh, I know you kept up with Andy over the years. Uh, what do you think of Sac State's prospects this year?
0: Well, I think I, I think that they've got a program now, and you're, you're right. Andy Thompson is not Troy Taylor. Andy Thompson is Andy Thompson. Andy Thompson's been around this league a long time as a player and a coach. Ask anybody around the league. They're going to tell you, in terms, of, in terms of football mind, he's a great football mind. Now, he's just coming at it from a different angle because he's a defensive guy. He's going to call the defense the way Troy called the offense. So, But I think more importantly than anything, Bolter, is you know, you've got decades Decades of Sac State football basically being the same good athletes here and there. They've got a good recruiting base. They could just never find that, that magic or that coach that, that, that could bring it all together. And now those players that have been there two, three, four years, they know what it's like to hoist Big Sky Conference Championship trophies. They know what it's like to win. They've got the second most amount of wins in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, so they, they've got, they've got a confidence in the program now that they never had before. And they, you know, you look around the league, um, you know, for a long time, it was everybody playing catch up, uh, in a lot of ways to the facilities that they had in Missoula. Well, now if you go around the league, almost everybody's got nice facilities. I mean, there's nice places for these kids to go work out and eat and, and, uh, you know, play play football on Saturdays. So yeah, I I think that you know you lose a guy that had nothing but success. I mean, so so successful that he got the Stanford job. That doesn't happen coming out of the Big Sky right. very often. You know. So, um, but yeah, you you know you know I, I, I'll be one of Andy Thompson's biggest fans from afar. Um, I love the guy. I I want nothing but success for he and his staff. And um, y- y- you know it. it Going back to what I was saying about just finding that, that right coach, Idaho, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, you talk about a guy that has you know just, just, a, just a, a revamping of, of passion, energy, swagger, the brotherhood. Idaho's good, and it, it didn't take him a ton of time to do it. I mean, I think you and I both agree that, that they needed to make the move back, which they did, and then just finding that right guy – to lead what's what, which once was one of the proudest programs in the big sky. And now, I, I the, the the league in general, the league as a whole is much better when Idaho is better. And so, so yeah, I think, I think Idaho, Sac State, UC Davis, and Coach Hawk, the, the, those those teams are all poised to be right in the mix, man.
1: Ty Gregorak here on the Big Set Breakdown, presented in part by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, we only had a couple minutes left here, Ty, but just wanted to ask you about the, the schools that we cover most closely. Let, let's start with Montana State. I think it's fascinating the way that the, the narrative has sort of altered around the cats. It, it was, how do you replace Jeff Cho? Then it was, how do you replace Troy Anderson and company? Maybe the greatest senior class in school history. Now, it's how do you get over the top? You've you been to the Final Four three times in a row. You play in the National Championship, but you got your asses beat in your final game of the season three times in a row. So how do you not have it end like it's ended ever since 2019 for MSU? I think it's a fascinating alteration in narrative, but I think it's one that, that the players and the program are, are certainly embracing. So what, what do you think of sort of the, the way that the Cats are attacking this? It seems like they love that they have high expectations now internally.
0: Well, I think I think you could kind of look back to the last decade and if you go back into the early 2010s they were a lot more balanced. Um offense and defensively they complemented one another. And then that kind of that kind of started to slip as you recall, which you know, which ultimately led it to the removal of Rob Ash. They got very very offensive heavy, um, but they but they couldn't stop many people, Coulter. And now I think if you fast forward into the 2023 season, you're going to see a team where, <clears throat> I mean, obviously last year, offensively, the Montana State was, was amazing. I mean, what they did with the football on the ground, uh, I think they finished second in FCS. I mean, they were first in FCS for a long, long time. And I think they finished second in FCS and running in the football. But I just think, I think you're going to see a lot more balanced Bobcat team this year. In, in my mind, you're going to see a defense that, that is going to not give up as many explosive plays. And I, I, I keep reading and listening to your stuff. And they gave up a lot of big, big plays last year. I mean, I, I think it was 70-ish of over 20 yards, you know. So And, and then the flip side of that is at times they played a lot of really good defense. And so I think it's just, you know, a matter of this team uh, complementing one another in, in all three phases, and I say three phases, it's more four phases, you know, when you figure offense, defense, special teams, and coaching. How, how's the new offensive line going to be under a new offensive line coach? Lost Jimmy Beal to, to, to uh, San Diego State. How's that running back core? Fine. I mean, they're, they're going to be fine. They, they, they've, they hang their hat on running the football. And now defensively, I just think if they can limit the explosive plays, you're gonna you're gonna find a lot more complete, balanced Bobcat team this year.
1: What do you I think you and I agree about the makeup of Tommy Mullot, and like I always say on my radio show and on this podcast too, I think Tommy Mullott will fulfill his potential because he's wired like that. What is that potential? You know, what what is the the, the prototypes that he can fit into? I'm not sure. I, I do know this. He's. I think he's one of the best athletes in the conference period. I think he's one of the toughest and smartest kids in the league period. I think that gets you a long ways. But I'm, I'm waiting, and I don't think it's an, an inevitability, but I do think it's a possibility that he just turns the corner and then all of a sudden he's a good to really good thrower of the football as well. He can make some throws already, and he has been able to, and that's why their offense has been able to be dynamic, even though it has been so run heavy. But I, I do think there's a future – in which Tommy Malat is Dyson teams up and you know making the third and nine throw while he's rolling out and you know getting the first down, moving the chains, and you know operating like you know Denarius McGee did back in the day for the Cats is a good example of what I think his ceiling could be. Do you agree? I mean, do you think that Tommy could get to a point where he is a, a multifaceted quarterback that that's really really dangerous, not just in certain throws but a variety of throws as well as with his his legs and stuff?
0: Yes, I do. I, I do, and I, I think that you know t- Tommy. <laughs> Tommy's become Tommy touchdown Malat or touchdown Tommy Malat or whatever you want to call him. Uh, the guy's a winner, Coulter. I mean, I think it was, you know, Cup 2, 3, maybe even a month ago, I was listening to one of your shows and somebody texted in asking if they thought Tommy Malat was, was a good quarterback or not. And I'm just sitting there like, okay, well, let me ask you this, whoever sent that in, let, let, let's, does the guy win? Yes, he's a winner. That's all he's done as a starting quarterback for the Montana State Bobcats. I actually know? I, mean, I was, think he's
1: undefeated in games that he has started and finished during okay. his time at Montana okay. State.
0: Great. You know, so so <laughs> can he be as good as Denarius McGee? Yeah. He'll be, he can be better than Den- Denarius McGee. The guy is a winner. He's a leader. He'll continue to polish his, his throwing game. I mean, we've seen so much of Tommy in the last couple of years as a young, young player. You know, so, so the relationship that he has – with uh, Brent vegan and uh, offensive coordinator, Taylor Housewright, They're going to continue to develop him, which they have. And I think we're going to, I think we're going to see, uh, it's, it's it's tough to even call it a breakout year <laughs> for what the kid has done. I as, mean, right. As a time as a Bobcat, but I mean, I feel like we're going to see a break what, what, and what constitutes a breakout year that other, that other part of the game that maybe people have uh, question marks about and that's the throwing game. I think we're going to see, advances in that this year and oh by the way he's got they, they've got the luxury of okay we want to bring Tommy out, out for a series let's go put in the guy that led FCS in, in touchdowns last year with 19 and Sean right. chambers they're both and they're both captains you know so I, mean, I don't even know what I called them the, the the you know you got Tommy who's the Swiss army knife and then you got Sean Chambers who's the sword man I mean that nobody wants to tackle that guy in the open field so I just think that you know between the two of them um it's a it, it's, it's already been proven that it can be successful. It will continue to be successful. The old adage of if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback is absolutely wrong when you're talking about this outfit over in Bozeman.
2: Blackfoot Communications is excited to announce new voice services for small businesses. Paired with our internet services, business Wi-Fi, and technical support, your business can stay connected to your employees, customers, and communities around the clock. Sign up for services in less than two minutes at goblackfoot.com slash more than voice. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is the official digital sponsor of Bobcat Sports and Grizzly Athletics.
1: Well, that's a great transition then to ask you about the Grizz because Montana, yesterday uh, at the press conference, as we record this, we're recording this on August 29th, a Tuesday, uh, but on the Monday press conference, Bobby Houck started out by saying, hey, we have not named a starting quarterback. We will not name a starting quarterback. Uh, That's a a competition that's going to play out and uh, he said, hey, everybody in college football now is using two quarterbacks. I don't know if that's true. I don't think everybody is, but it has become more prevalent. I guess the question for me, Ty, is Is that the key factor for the Grizz? Is it all quarterback-oriented, or is, is Montana getting back on track and getting back to the place where I think that everybody agrees they rightfully belong? Does that have to do with other factors? What do you think?
0: I think that since Dalton Sneed had left, that that quarterback's been a question, you know, and and, uh, I think once, once that they kind of find that answer, whatever that answer is, um, you you know, it's, it's always easy to start at the quarterback position, right? That's where we all love to start. But to me, if we're talking about grizzly offenses, it's how's that offensive line going to be this year? You know, I, I think on paper, they've got some good depth. They've got some good experience. Um, you know, can, can they establish a, a, a run game, a consistent run game, you know, uh, with, when I'm talking about with the offensive line. So when I talk about the offensive line, I'm saying in terms of running the ball, protecting said quarterback, whichever one it is, um, you know, and then and then obviously if you were to transition over to defensively, you lost a guy that, you know, had a zillion tackles and now coaching, coaching in the big side conference in Robbie Houck. Um, you know, that, that might, might not be a bad thing either because – It'll be interesting, uh, you know, with the departure of Kent Bear, um, how this defense looks. Do, do they make any schematic changes, uh, you know, that go that go away a little bit from from what Coach Bear was doing? And maybe there's not a guy that that you know is, is running the alley all the time. I don't know. I haven't I haven't been to one practice. So I couldn't tell you uh, exactly what that looks like. But yeah, man. I mean, it's it's the same. It's the same. <laughs> I mean, it's the same with every program. You know, is, do they have they have some big old nasties up front that are going to be able to run the ball and, and protect the quarterback. And to me, to me, that always, almost always is the tone setter for the team is, is and I, and I say both fronts offensive line and defensive line is, is, is generally going to tell you a little bit about your team, you know? And so I think we're going to learn a lot here in the next few weeks with some non-conference games. And, and uh, I know as you and I continue to talk throughout the season, we're going to be able to be answering some of those questions as we go
1: well last thing for you then bobby how i was thinking about this the other day bobby halk is now in year 13 and season 12 as the head coach at montana between his two stints i have now officially spent one third of my life covering bobby halk <laughs> which is amazing um but i i do think in in all the previous 11 seasons never were the Grizz anything but one of, if not the favorites, to win the Big Sky Conference? When you were there at Montana for the, the seven-year stint, you guys were absolutely the favorite every year. Seven-time Big Sky champions, seven-time preseason favorites, seven-time postseason champions. Pretty pretty good run uh, first time around. And even this time, you know, Coach Alk first came back. I don't know if talent-wise the Grizz were necessarily a favorite, but people thought, okay, you know, Darth Vader's back in the Big Sky. What can he do? How are the Grizz going to be? 2019-2021, they were pretty darn good and uh, they were right there with everybody in the country. And then last year they were supposed to be you know, national championship contenders, and then they had it all fall apart in the middle of the year, but they still won a playoff game. The point is, though, I don't think Bobby Houck's team has ever – there's never been a Bobby Houck-led Grizz team that wasn't a, if not the favorite coming into the year. This Grizz team isn't either of those. How do you think that will serve uh, Coach Houck, but also just the program in general?
0: Oh, I think knowing Coach Houck, it's probably exactly where they want to be. You know, I mean, I think that they, they they get to finally maybe carry a little chip on their shoulder. And, and, you know, all they're worried about is winning each day, winning each rep, winning a game. It's hard to win a game, as he will always say. I mean, he, he's he's coined that phrase. It's hard to win a game, let alone a whole bunch of them, you know. So I'll say this, too. When he got back, that, that, that roster, I, I don't know if it was necessarily devoid of talent, but it was just a different type of talent exactly that that coach Hauk wants to play with littered with receiver type bodies Um, an offensive line that is you know got more more vertically and but more vertically in their blocks and not not coming off the ball and and kicking someone's tail up front and running you know power and counter and uh, you know so they're going to have talent Montana's still Montana you know now now it's just a question of you know, going back to what I was saying about the Cats losing some coaches, a couple transitions with, with the Grizzlies, and, and their coaching staff, and I know I already mentioned Coach Bear, but Coach, Coach Pease, who's been on staff, I mean, you, you, you switch out coordinators and, and keep the one on staff still, um, you know, but I mean, you got a ton of experience with Brent Pease, and Tim Rosenbaum, and Rob Fennessy, you know, back back in the I mean, not that he wasn't in the mix last year, but I mean, he's got a real prominent uh, role on the coaching staff again, you know? So I don't know. I, I just think, I think they've got a ton of experience still, even though they lost a couple very, very wily old vets in, in, in Kent bear and, and uh, coach Sachs. But, but no, I mean, Montana is going to be well-coached. They will be prepared. And, you know, I, I know you and I both know that a season's successful successful for, for basically two reasons, winning, Uh, the conference and and or making one heck of a playoff run and i think that's what probably most of grid nation wants to see is okay how 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 can we make it past the quarters now and 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 make a run and so uh, you know a lot a lot's going to be decided here in the next month month and a half of football i mean but but it's still early um but no i i know coach halk will have this team ready to go and should make for a fun opener. was it a noon kickoff over there against? that's right Uh, yeah i mean quiz nation will be rocking they've been waiting for months and months to see the product on the field and i think it'll be an awesome day in both missoula and bozeman and missoula will kick it off and we'll we'll know the outcome by the time gold rush comes around at six and should make for an awesome opening saturday man
1: he's ty gregorak he'll join us each week here on the big sky breakdown coach ty great catch it up man i will uh I'm going to do my pregame show in Missoula, watch about one quarter of the Grizz, and then I'll be headed to Bozeman for the gold rush. And I'll see you on Saturday. But thanks for being here, man.
0: Awesome, buddy. We, we look forward to catching up with you. And uh, thanks for having me on. Drive safe, travel safe, enjoy some football, and have a great rest of your week. We'll be in touch.
2: Do you want your sports news, commentary, and features from a corporate publication? Would you like to hear it from local experts who have lived in your community their entire lives? At Skyline Sports, Coulter and Brooks Nuwana's. Bring more than two decades of experience to give you old school journalism with a new age presentation at SkylineSportsMT.com. The Nuwana's brothers provide knowledge from a family who lives Big Sky Conference athletics every day. For $8 a month or 90 bucks a year, get access to comprehensive
0: college grizz and bobcat coverage at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports. Every 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 day, every season.